This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers here on Sirius XM 132. If it's noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we're live right now at 844-942-7866. So give us a call right now on Sirius XM 132. I'm Dr. Dawn Graham, and in my day job, I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. We have Dana Cash and Dion Simpkins in studio all hour long. So if you're thinking of making a career change, or maybe there's a question you've always wanted to ask about your career but had no one to call, now you do. Live every Thursday, we are here for you to be your personal career coach at 844-942-7866. And today's show, of course, is all about you. It's open calls all hours, so pick up the phone right now. We'll take your calls anytime at 844-942-7866. But we also have a special guest joining us because it's the Valentine's Day season to help answer questions. Kevin Carr is a dating and relationship expert, and he's going to share how the job search is just like the dating process so that you can become aware and take action to keep things moving forward. So here's the good news. If you're good at at one and not the other, then you're going to be able to use those skills to become good at the other. If you're not good at either, you're going to walk away with a lot of great tips. So you need to stay tuned. And of course, we'll take your calls all hour. Any questions at 844-942-7866. What is going on in the news? Okay, so since it is Valentine's season, we are seeing all these surveys that are analyzing office romances, and here's what they are saying. 58% of employees have engaged in a romantic relationship with a colleague, and the industry with the highest number of office romances probably will not surprise you. Media and entertainment with over 70% of respondents reporting a relationship with a colleague. I think that would include Sirius XM in that industry, Dion and Does Dana. It? Yeah, wouldn't Media and entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that may be an interesting conversation for later. <clears throat> hmm. <laughs> uh, the next highest at 60%, interestingly, is government and public sector. But the relationships don't turn out the same. Interestingly, while 50% of relationships in the public sector led to relationships lasting 10 or more years, of relationships in media and entertainment lasted less than one year. Those are going to be really good stories, Dion. (laughs) Why are these my stories? I don't know. (laughs) Dana, then. Dana. Tell us a story from, from your office. What is happening right now? Dion. (laughs) She asked for you. Yeah, blame Dion. All right. So, hey, have you had a relationship in the office? If so, give us a call, 844-942-7866. Tell us how it turned out. Interestingly, 41% of employees don't know that their company, if their company even has a policy on office romances. And this was surprisingly 15% ban dating in the office. I would have thought it would have been higher than 15%. But apparently, that's what the, the stats are telling us. So, do you have a policy in your office? What do you think? Good place to date, not a good place to date. I saw a very fun quote on this, which says, don't get your honey where you earn your money. Because nearly a quarter of the people who did date someone at work eventually resigned as a direct result. And half of those resigned because the relationship went bad. So, hey, if you're thinking about it, you know, Maybe you want to decide what's more important, your career and are you moving forward and moving up the fast track or is this something that you want to risk? If you've done it, we want to hear 844-942-7866. But let's go ahead and dive into today's fun topic with our guest, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Carr is a speaker, television personality and author of the book, 
What I've Learned About Dating, which provides a practical roadmap to help navigate being single while learning to create the relationship you desire. Welcome to the show, Kevin. So um, one of the things about your book that uh, when I was reading um, about it is that you offer some unique tips. What What are some of the unique tips that people need to know if they're out there in the dating world right now? Well, I think the first thing is to be, and this even applies to the job search, is to be very intentional. Um, a lot of times we're intentional about where we go to school. We are intentional uh, about where we want to work or the, at least the field that we want to be in. But when it comes to meeting and engaging with people, it's like, well, you're attractive. I'm attractive. I like the way this feels. Let's hang out. And, you know, there has to be a little more intention in that if you're looking to create something that really lasts. And it's important that you determine that in the beginning before you set out on that search, so to speak. And that guy, let that intention guide you along the way. Yeah, I love that idea because this is something that completely relates to to what we talk about on the show, which is you have to have a plan A. And plan A isn't just a general idea. It is a very specific idea of what you want in order for people to help you, in order for you to put together a strategy. So I love that idea of being intentional. But I do think that that's kind of one of the challenges today with especially the online uh, situation, that it's so easy to not be intentional. Yeah, no, it is. But, you know, again, it's, it's, you know, it's a balance in that, so to speak, in that you want to be open to meeting various people, meeting various types of people. The intention comes in as you start to have these interactions and you're trying to figure out, does this person actually work for me based on my values, based on what I'm looking for? And so, there, you know, when it comes to apps, you know, there's, the way we meet and engage with people has changed. The amount and volume of, of connections that we can create, it's uh, increased substantially. That intention kind of guides you in those interactions. And so it's kind of, it, that intention kind of helps you funnel things. Does it have to do like with values, do you think, Kevin? So understanding what's important to you and what, what you maybe you're willing to compromise on and what you're not willing to compromise on? Absolutely. That's the most important thing, really. And that takes some self-awareness. It takes you kind of being able to spend some time alone trying to figure out what actually, what's important to me. You know, like, is financial security important to me? Is creativity important to me? What do I think about politics or spirituality? All of these things, because you really can't build a relationship, any relationship. We're talking romantic or business or a friendship that lasts if you guys don't share similar core values. Yeah, well said. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. We have dating expert Kevin Carr joining us today to talk about the parallels between the dating world and the job search. And he's got a great book, What I've Learned About Dating, which provides unique tips if you are looking for the one. So I'm curious, Kevin, what your opinion is on on the, the survey information I talked about in the beginning about office dating. Is it a do? Is it a don't what are your thoughts on that well i, I agree with you I, I don't think it's necessarily a don't i think you really have to count the cost you know there's like you pointed out there's some risk in that where if it if it does go bad you, you know somebody might have to leave the job and all these things so i think that i typically uh encourage people listen wherever you find love uh be open to it but i think that and it goes back to how we started the conversation in terms of being intentional really being practical about counting the cost as to is this something that I really need to do and I think that the, a way a practical way that you can do that when you're meeting people in the workplace is to really focus on relationship building outside of the romance you understand what I'm saying so it's like I want to I want to find out who this person is outside of the extracurricular stuff that comes with it before I decide is this worth the risk yeah, that is interesting because a lot of times people are very different at work than they are at home. And I would say, too, things that matter, how big is your company? I mean, are there other departments? Yeah. You yeah. know, all of that stuff. Can you move around or are you, you know, working in different offices and maybe it's not going to be as big of a deal than if you're all in a very small startup type <laughs> type office? Yeah. That would not be good. So so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking um, – This is just opinion, but do you think it's harder to find love today, Kevin, or it's hard to find a good job? Oh, Oh, I know. This is hard, right? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Um, Man, 
That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with love, and I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go with that. Maybe because I have a background in helping people find jobs, and I, I think there are really really um, concrete steps you can take. And obviously, there are a lot of jobs, and you can deal with. I think in a job because it's not your whole life; it's only part of your life. You could deal with maybe some things or compromises. But I don't know. I, I'm gonna say love is harder to find. Uh, Dion, what do you think? Because you know, <laughs> Dion's our in resident expert. He, he's he's been on the show for five years so he knows about how hard it is to find a job what do you think what do you think dion i'm gonna say because you make finding a job so easy finding love oh good answer (laughs) good answer i can't argue with that it's a tough question hey if you're just tuning in what do you think is it easier to find love or a fantastic job let us know 844-942-7866 you're listening to dr don on careers on sirius xm 132 we are here all hour so if it's thursday Give us a call, 844-942-7866, and we're going to go to the phones with Eric in California. Eric, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hey, Eric. All right. Eric is is either being shy or maybe maybe he's uh, online dating. We don't know. 844-942-7866. Yeah, so, okay, what's easier, love or or a job? Well, either way, we are going to give you tips to help you with both today. So I think one of the things that we can agree on, Kevin, is that they're both very complicated and they've both changed a lot over the last few years. So what are some of the things that have changed about the way people meet uh, other people in relationships? Absolutely. I mean, just, just where we are, we're living in the middle of the digital age. You know, our grandparents and parents, they went to a dance and met and dated for however many years and then got married. And so now the way we, life is different. I can order my groceries and have them delivered to my house. I can order a car and have it take me to where I want to take you. And so we also meet people in different ways in terms of developing relationships, whether it's online, whether it's through social media, whether it's through an app. And so I think that it's important to uh, embrace those things, but just remember that those things are tools. I think in terms of, specifically in terms of dating, a lot of the great area that many people fall into is that we try to, uh, you know, lean on those things to build relationships where they really, social media apps, they aren't designed to do that. They're designed to specifically apps help you kind of connect to people and reach people, but we still have to do the due diligence to build relationships if we want to create healthy ones. Yeah, I think that is so similar to what's happening in the in the world of careers. I mean, if you think way back when, before the internet, networking, you lived in a town, you, you saw it, you know, help wanted or your friend of a friend knew of a job opening and you kind of went that path. And then the internet came and, you know, of course, want ads and all that stuff. And it all of a sudden opened up the world. And for a while, the internet was a great place to go. But now it's so oversaturated that, you know, it's like a needle in a haystack. There's so much out there that it's it's confusing and how do I make myself stand out from the next person and you know and so I think there there's so many parallels and you really do need to be skilled at both of these things I think you need mm-hmm. to be skilled to to do the dating piece which is where you come in and your book and your coaching and I think you really need to be skilled to get that job it's not as easy as sitting back and writing a great resume or writing a great profile and waiting for things to happen it's just not going to that's why I love your idea of being intentional and with being intentional comes putting in the work and it can be both of these dating and the yep. job search can feel like a full-time job hey you're just tuning in sirius xm 132 you're listening to dr dawn on careers we have dating expert and author of the book what i've learned about dating kevin carr here with us sharing the parallels between the job search and dating and more importantly how you could do both better 844-942-7866 we're gonna try back with eric in california we got you this time eric eric yep. yes right oh there you are there you are yeah. <laughs> how can we help you today hey, is this dr graham yeah hey dr graham big fan um thank you questions uh first off linkedin background picture i've got yes. a good profile shot but wondering what a good background picture is mine right now is a shot of san francisco on a beautiful morning kind of uh, the image i'm looking or the theme i'm looking for is go getting you know here's here's the day go after it um wondering if that's a good picture or some recommendation 
for that. Yeah. So um, for those of you listening and you're not sure what Eric's talking about, so you have your profile photo and then there's a standard LinkedIn background that's kind of an aqua color with little star-like things on it. And I highly recommend that you change that because one, it makes your profile look like you're paying attention to it. And to use Kevin's word, you're being intentional about having a good profile. And um, two, it's a way that you can really help people kind of understand your brand. And, you know, for example, if you're an artist, you can you can maybe put some of your art up there. If you're in, in tech, you can put something up there that really shows the energy of what you do. So I think this is an important thing that a lot of people just slap up a picture and don't think about it. But Eric, you're right to think, what can I be saying about myself? So what is it you want that picture to say? Right now it says I'm in San Francisco. So people may be thinking tech. Is that what you do? I mean, what is it you really want to express to people? Well, I'm a, a salesperson, sales director. So the picture I'm trying to communicate is that I'm hustling. I'm out there. I'm looking for opportunities. Um, making it happen is, the, is what I'm trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so, so it sounds like right now your picture is sort of more serene and a beautiful morning, kind of calm. From what I'm hearing, oh, yes, yes, it's like Dave. You know, Dave's here. Go get it. Is what I'm trying to communicate with that picture. Yeah. So right now, I'm feeling like you need a picture that has more energy or something that almost has movement. Obviously, it's not going to physically be moving, but something that's showing movement. Whether it's it's somebody running or jumping or you know some other kind of you know I'm even thinking like you know a lightning storm things that that really kind of communicate some kind of movement or power. And one of the things I would suggest you do is you know LinkedIn has a whole gallery of these things that are all size and if you just go on google and type linkedin backgrounds wow you're going to come up with hundreds of them and i think one of the easiest things to do is scroll through and just tag the ones that speak to you and once you do that and you can narrow it down to about five you may want to send those to people who know you really well know your energy know your field and say what 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 are three words that come to your mind when you see this image and if the words are coming back as calm or you know serene i mean obviously you're not on the right track but if the words are coming back with energy and go get them and you know, power and and um, those types of things, and I think you're on the right track. So that's what I would do because a lot of times, both on our resume and our photos, in our in what we communicate verbally, we believe we're communicating one thing, but when people read it. They're like, that's not what I'm getting from this at all. So I always, always think it's super helpful to have feedback from people who can be honest with you. And then you'll know you're on the right track when people are saying, yeah, energetic, that's so you. I would completely pick that picture for you. Is that helpful, Eric? That's excellent. Yep. That's exactly what I was looking for. That's fantastic. Um, um, I have a question for you, though, Eric. What do you sure. think's easier, finding a job or finding love? Uh Finding a job, I don't have. <laughs> yeah, I have a yep. partner now, so it, it, that hasn't uh, been a difficult part of my life, um, and uh, she's amazing. Um, but uh, can I ask a second question? Yeah, for her, for sure. Okay, fantastic. So, um, unfortunately, I just got laid off two days ago, and I thought this company was going to be something I was going to be at for a long time. Um, in my previous company, I was only there for a year and two months. And the company before that, I was there for 18 months. And so I was, thought I was on a good tr- career trajectory path, but this last job just didn't work out. Um, and I'm wondering, do I put this last job on my, on my resume and LinkedIn profiles experience, leave it off? Because I'm you know, afraid I'm looking like you know, a, a switcher. I know, I know that you, uh, you, your book is Switchers. Um, and I just want to get that, that that's a bad thing for a hiring manager to look at that you've I've had you know, multiple uh, jobs in the last uh, three years. So, okay. So you've been at your current job that, I mean, I'm sorry you got laid off. That sucks. But um, here's the deal. It's it's a part of uh, being a professional and, and, and you don't have to make excuses for it. So the question is, how do you frame this so it doesn't hinder your next job search? You've been there a year and two months, you said? 
Well, that was the last job. That was, I was the last there job. for a year and two months. And this job I was only at for three and a half months. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Um, as I think when anybody looks at a resume, you'll notice that there are um, you, you can just put on years, which I think can cover a lot of things because we've all been at jobs for a short period of time. And whether it didn't work out because of us or the company or the market, doesn't really matter. What the next hiring manager is going to want to make sure is that you come in, do the job or hungry and are going to make him or her look good. So I think that's what's most important. Um, so so I think as you go forward, it, it's probably not important to have that job on your resume because if you just include years, I mean, that that three months is just glossed over. I think the challenge that you may have is that people are going to ask, what have you been doing for the last three and a half months? So, Correct. yeah, so, so you kind of have that challenge. And if you're networking and finding a job that way, then I think that's going to be less of an issue. But if you're trying to lead with your LinkedIn profile or lead with your resume, obviously that's going to be something they see and make an assumption about. So in that case, I would rather you put the job on. Again, um, remember that this is just for now. This is not for the long term. And explain to people that you know it it didn't work out. What is your what is your kind of a statement as to why it didn't work out? Do you feel comfortable with that? Tell us what it is. The statement was it was unsubstantiated expectations. I, I joined and didn't know that they were trying to double revenue in one year, and then there were some setbacks. They, they let go of you know, half the sales force that I was managing in one month, and they expected me to basically wave that magic wand and correct everything. And I wasn't able to do that in the last this last month um, because of varying conditions. So that's kind of what – and this company has a history of, of kind of burning people like that. So they're a name-brand company, but at the same time, they've had a history of, of doing that. So. so what would happen – do you know when you exited the company, did they share what information they're going to give to a reference that might call? For example, a lot of companies just say, yes, you worked here for three months, and um, these were the dates, and this was your title, and that's it. But if they're going to say that you were let go, that's, again – a different story. Do you know what they're going to share? The exit documents said that they're only going to report the days worked or the you know, time worked and then also salary. Okay, so they're also going to report salary. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think you could go one of two ways. First off, I think networking is going to be your best bet. I wouldn't worry about right. kind of short jobs because, like I said, now it's actually almost worse to be at a job 10 years than it is to be at a job for a year and a half. Also, if you're in the Bay Area, then you know two years is pretty average for a job, so I don't think they're going to necessarily blink at that. Um Here's the deal. If you're leading with your resume and you do put it on, I think you have to have a clear story that aligns with what your company is going to say. I think from the story you just told me, you might be able to leave a few things out and say that, you know, the company let go half of its sales force, um, you know, and at this point it wasn't, you know, wasn't a great situation. So now I'm looking to do. Now, this may still raise questions. So the other thought I had is that you may um, you may risk leaving it off and then telling an employer that, you know, I, I took a job, it didn't work out, so now I'm looking to, and just leave it at that. But I do think you want to include a cover letter. Um, you want to stick to years so that your last job ended when exactly? Last job ended this, this previous this current job was two days ago. The one before that, I left in November. Okay, so you could November say, 3rd, yeah. yeah, you could say essentially through November of um, 2019, and then I would, I, I may leave it off just because your situation sounds a little bit difficult to explain in a short and sweet way that won't open the door to more questions just based on the way you explain it. So, um, if people ask what you've been doing for the last few months, I mean, I think you could say, you know, I'm looking to join a company that. I mean, that's truth. That's the truth with where you are. I don't think you need to necessarily report that you are at that company. I think going down that rabbit hole is a way to open you up to a conversation that could kind of take over the whole situation. Um, but tell me, tell me what you um, what you feel comfortable with, because I think at the end of the day, if you don't feel comfortable with whatever choice you make, then you are going to show up as um, uneasy, you're going to fidget, and something is going to come out in your nonverbal. So what do you feel comfortable with, Eric? 
That's interesting. I, I guess what I'm trying to think of, because the last company I was at was a really amazing company and, you know, on a path of innovation. And I guess what I did was I chose to take a, a chance on this company because of the compensation package they put in front of me. So, and it was, it was uh, about 30% more than I was making at my last company. But really what I was doing was chasing money, um, which, you know, I kind of got burned on that one and learning about this. You just don't, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not good to chase the money. Um, so that's the only thing is because the last company I was at was, you know, we were, we had got funded. We were on the path of doing great things. However, um, the product wasn't quite there yet, and I wasn't going to be making you know, bonuses or commission for longer than when I initially anticipated. So my reason for leaving is because I was you know, chasing a bigger uh, payout, I guess. Um, so that's what I'm kind of struggling with, whether or not to... How, how would I frame that? What, so sometimes I'm wise to read that last company. I'm like, well, you know, I, that's what I'm trying to figure out how to narrate that story. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of things going on here that will. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. They're just not. They're just not going to sound great to an employer if you say, "Hey, I was chasing the money. It was a mistake. Right. I, I ignored a bunch of red flags, and then they let go of half their team, exactly. and I didn't meet their goals." I mean, that is that right. is probably not the story you want to start with. Um, which is why I say you have two options. You can leave it off, and you can you can you can tell them. You know, I took a job uh, for a short period of time. It wasn't the right fit. So now I'm looking to. And so I think that is that is all true. I took a job for a short period of time. It wasn't what um, it didn't work out the way I thought or it wasn't what I thought it was. And now I'm looking to take my 10 years of sales experience and come to your organization to do X, Y and Z. And I think that that phrase is 100 percent true. I feel like you could say it confidently. And I think you you got to be careful about TMI because I can tell you what, you have all these things in your head bouncing around that you want to share. And I don't know that there's any good way to share all of those where they're going to um, paint you in a good light. But there's also not really any good reasons to share them because it's not about what you're going to do at your next job. You, you've you made right. a mistake. You've learned from it in your mind. Your next job, you're going to make sure you do your due diligence so this doesn't happen again. You're going to make sure there's long-term opportunity. You're going to ask to talk to more people and get a sense of what's going on in the culture and are they a company that tends to promote from within and keep people around. And you're going to do all of your homework this time. So this this three-month blip is going to be just a, a point in history that will be wiped off your resume. But for now, I think you need to go in with something that feels comfortable for you. And I think just that simple phrase of, I I was at a company for the last three months. It didn't work out. And now I'm looking to. Now the choice to Got put. It. Yeah. Can you say it for me? Yeah. Can you say it for me? Say, say it again? Can you say it for me? Why, well, why are you looking for a job? Are you, you've been out of work the last three months. What's going on here? Oh, I'm just looking for a company with, you know, good culture, you know, good products, great team, um, something that I can really get behind. And because you know, I'm a very honest person, so I can only sell things that I'm really honest, you know, and I feel good about. Okay, too much. Um, too much. Too much. And also, you need to frame it in terms of, first off, you didn't answer my question, which makes me suspicious. You just skipped over it. And secondly, you have to frame it in the um, way of how it adds value to the company. And I think you 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 can say, you know, I, I was, um, I've spent, here's what I would say. I've spent the last 10 years, I'm making part of this up because I don't know you very okay. well yet, Eric. I've spent the last 10 years in sales and, um, you know, I've, I've been best sales person in nine of my 10 companies. And um, now I'm looking to come to a company that where I could provide X, Y, and Z. For the last three months, I, I took a job that, you know, didn't end up not working out. But I'm fortunate because I, you know, I came across this opportunity and I know I'll be able to hit the ground running by doing this. So you have to answer their question. You have to look at your background as a whole, not just this last, you know, six months. And you have to prove to them that you understand that they have pain points and you have the skills to solve them. Does that make sense? Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Eric, we wish you all the best. And remember, this is a blip. Everybody goes through a career blip and you will get through it. Networking is going to be your best friend because if you can get a referral, that can erase a lot of sins. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM channel 132. Give us a call. If you have a career question or maybe a specific situation like Eric that may be difficult to navigate, we want to help you get there on Dr. Dawn on Careers, 844-942-7866. We also have special guest Kevin Carr with us today, and he is a dating expert sharing all of his tips with us from his book, What I've Learned About Dating. So, Kevin... Um, we've talked a little bit about how the job search and dating are alike. And uh, Eric called and asked about his picture and his online profile. And so mm-hmm. we, we got off onto, onto you know, how to talk about your, your last job. But I want to go back to that because I do think that both in dating and in the job search, a lot of times what we say or what we put up online or the pictures we put up or how we frame things can send a message to somebody else that's not at all what we're trying to communicate. So so how does this work in dating and what can people do to make sure that they're communicating the right message? Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty similar. You really want to communicate, uh, you know, who you are at the core and the best of who you are. So even when it comes to your profile in terms of you want to communicate a few things, you want to communicate what it is that you're looking for. You also want to communicate you know, the unique parts of yourself. And in terms of photos, you want to communicate, you know, who you are. You want to be active. So if you work out, maybe have you want to have photos working out. Like most, specifically dating apps, most dating apps allow you to do maybe two to four pictures. So you want those pictures to be, uh, you want somebody to be able to look at that and, one, find you attractive and also find your lifestyle to be attractive because you don't want to, you're not looking to attract everybody. You want to attract people that are interested in the things that you're interested in. And you want to make sure you're the only person in the photo. You know, you don't want to have a lot of people on dating apps in the state they make, they'll have, they're having a great night out with friends and it's a great photo and they'll upload those. But it's like I'm trying to figure out who you are. I don't want to know who the group is. So uh, you want to make sure you're concise and also in your presentation. Yeah, I like what you said about you don't want to attract everyone because I think this is also a common mistake that that job seekers make, which is that um, I need a job and I will work anywhere, I will take anything, or I want to work in any tech company, or I want to do, you know, and and leaving yourself open to that means a couple of things. It means, one, that people are going to think you're whimsical and don't really have a focus or haven't really invested the time to figure out what you want to do. Uh, Two, it, it makes you look like... Um, you know, you're you're somebody who isn't focused and doesn't have goals. And then I, I really do think that a lot of times it attracts things that you're really not open to because you're really not going to work anywhere. You're not gonna do anything. You're going you're you're gonna have opinions on, yeah, that's enough money or no, that's not, or yes, I'd work in that city, but not that city. So I think a lot of people think going broad keeps things um, you know, open so that they're gonna get more opportunities, but a lot of times Either that doesn't happen because it communicates the opposite message or those opportunities that forward are not the ones at all that that person would even be interested in. So I yeah. love that advice. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us on Dr. Dawn well, on Careers. Yeah, it's been really fun having you here. And, you know, if you haven't gotten the book yet, you will want to definitely check out Kevin's um, book. And where can people reach you, Kevin, if they want more information about your coaching or your speaking or even your What I've Learned About Dating book? Sure. You can reach me. Uh, all things are housed on my website. That's Kevin, S as in Sam, uh, card.com. Uh, you can get the book there. Uh, there's also uh, the clip of the TED Talk that I've done recently there. Um, and all of my information is right there. Uh, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I've watched that TED Talk. A lot of good advice in there. And if you don't know what a situationship is, you should know <laughs> because this is the way da- the dating is going. But it's also the way the job search is going too. Companies want want gig workers, project workers. So there's a lot of good ways to translate your your TED Talk to that as well. Kevin, thank you so much. It's been such a fun time having you on Dr. Dawn on Careers. And we need to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? The inside layers of a Kit Kat bar, specifically the choco layer between the wafers, are made of this. 
Think you know? Hint, it's yes, part chocolate, but there's another proprietary ingredient in that Kit Kat bar. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Hey, we are here all hour taking your calls live every Thursday, 844-942-7866. Oh boy, 7866. Give us a call. And we had a very fun first half of the show talking about the parallels between dating and the job search. And it turns out there are more than you may think. So if you've got a question or comment on that, of course, you can give us a call anytime. Or you can check out that part of the show if you missed it on iTunes and Google Play because we will be posting the show there. But right now we're going to go to Jonah in Arizona. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hey, Don. Uh, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, Jonah? I'm well. I'm well. I'm super excited to be speaking with you. Um, just had a question about my current situation. So a little bit of background. Right now, I'm an outside salesperson, um, but I have an interview coming up uh, next week for a solutions engineer position. And I'm just kind of worried about all the unknowns that come with switching to a job that's kind of in a different product space as well as a little bit of a different role. Um, And I just kind of wanted to get your advice on to see, like, how do I calm that anxiety about switching positions potentially? And if there's anything during the interview that I can ask them uh, that might help clear my mind on what what's the better decision uh, for my future career. So, uh, great question. We love switchers, Jonah. And tell me how this opportunity came about. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not actively looking, but I was reached out. Uh, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn about this position, a recruiter. So yeah, passive hiring. It is active and it is happening. Um, so, do you even know if you're really interested in this job at all yet, Jonah? Um. I think that's one of the issues. I am a little bit because right now my role, um, a lot of commission-based as an outside salesperson um, and just the added stress and anxiety of that as well as uh, all the driving around. Um, Whereas the other role would be more of a salaried position um, working in the IT space. Um, So I am interested in it, but I, and I don't know, I have a lot of worries though as well. Yeah. So um, tell me tell me just two of your top worries. I'm just curious because I definitely have some advice for you, but I'm, I'm curious to see what is going through your mind. Well, I guess the first thing is, is um, there are a lot of aspects of my current job that I do like, and I might be foregoing those by switching jobs. Um, so that's my first is, you know, I, potential for uh, advancement in my career right now with the, with the role I'm in and um, earning potential because it is commission. I have, as time goes on, my territory increases and earning potential, I guess. Um, I guess those are, those are my two big worries um, about moving to this other position. Okay. So here's, here's what I would say. Those worries, you don't have to make that decision right now. You get to go in and be curious because, hey, they reached out to you. You weren't looking. You're doing great at your job. Clearly, that's coming through on your LinkedIn profile. So they, they saw something that was of interest to them. Um, I'm just going to not go on this tangent, but do make sure it's a reputable company that reached out to you, that it's a real job, and it's not just somebody trying to paper the world with your with your credentials, but hopefully... That is not the issue. But here's the deal. You get to go in and you get to say, I'm, you know, really intrigued about this. I did some research on on the role. I'll be honest with you. Pretty happy where I am right now. Got a lot of positive things. But I'm I'm curious why you reached out to me, what you, you see as, as a potential match. And, you know, tell me more about this. So I think that's how you approach this. And, you know, it's not really about losing the opportunity at this point because, you know, last week you were 
perfectly happy. You saw a lot of um, growth and opportunities where you are. And then somebody dropped this potential new path and, and you, your brain started going to, ooh, well, maybe I don't have to worry about commissions. And ooh, maybe I don't have to be on the road. And, and you started kind of thinking about these things. But Truly, you're not sure yet if you'd even like this. So I'm not saying go in and be really blasé about it, but I am saying, look, I'm, you know, you called me. I checked it out. I think there's a lot of parallels. I think I could add a lot to this career, but I need to learn more about it. And, you know, look at it as a, as a discovery conversation. And then after you have that first discussion, then I think you need to say, okay, here's what I like about my job and here's what, what this offers. Will I have that? And I would even venture to say, Jonah, even before you go on that interview, even before you hear all of that, spend an hour going through writing down all the things you like about your current job, all the things that you see as potential, all of the things that you might potentially um, lose if you stepped away from this job. Because if you can do all of that before you even get any new information on this job, then when you do get this new information, you can lay it against that list that you made before you even had any of these ideas in your head and say, does this fit? Is this something that I might be interested in? And, and so I think we're, we're even at the point of not even worrying about what you're going to lose if you leave this job because you don't know enough about the new job. I mean, you don't even know if, if the things that you like won't be in it or will be in it. Um, when you find out those things and decide if you want to go learn more about it, remember that you're just learning more about it. Some people are nervous to interview if they're not 100% sure they'd take the job if offered because they think, I don't want to waste somebody's time. Let me flip that around because here's the deal. Companies interview multiple candidates all the time and they know they're not going to give the job to everyone. So it is perfectly fine to go on an interview, learn more about the job, and if in the end it doesn't pay enough or it's not what you expected or maybe you just don't see yourself having a good relationship with your manager, to turn it down. Um, does that does that help you, Jonah? No, that definitely helps a lot, and that makes perfect sense. Um, I think I'll move forward with the interview and uh, do do a discovery call and learn more about what the position entails. Yeah, use your that's exactly it. Use your sales background. Do the discovery <laughs> call. What does it entail? And you know, still go prepared with you know some of the things you offer. I mean, because I think you are still um, you know looking at it like okay, I can still offer some of these things because you may decide you do like it. And guess what? Even if you like it and you're still not sure. Go ahead for a second interview. Meet the team. Go see the office. Go see what it's like to be in that office. Try it on for size. You can go for a second interview, and if, if at that point you're like, no, it really isn't shaping up to what I want, then you could stay where you are. And the other thing, I think, um, how many years do you have left in your career, Jonah? Um, I'm just starting out. So so here's yeah, the thing. A lot. Maybe it's not the right thing right now, but maybe it's an interesting um, opportunity that you decide five years from now when when things in your personal life are different, that, that it might be a different time. And you're like, you know what, now this feels like a better opportunity because I don't want to be on the road or or I've hit my max in terms of my quota. So I, I'm going to go back and pursue the solution engineer. And, and so, so keep in touch if it turns out not to be a great thing. See, like, I've really enjoyed meeting everyone. I have to say this is just not the right time in my career, but I'd love to stay in touch because maybe in a few years this might be the way to go. Or if you do take it and decide after five years, you know, I really like sales better. There's an energy I'm, I'm getting there that I'm not getting here. You can always go back to sales. So I think you need to not look at any one decision as forever, but for now. And just make sure that you're, you're growing your network, learning something, and um, you will always have options, Jonah. I agree. Thank you. Yes. All the best. And if you go on the job interview and you, you're you like, ah, now I'm torn, call us back. We're here every Thursday. Every Thursday. You can call us back and say, okay, Don, I went on the interview. I, you know, I kind of like these things, but not these things. What do I do next? We're here for you, Jonah. We are here for you. Right. So thank you so Great. much for calling. Call back if I'm really torn. Yes, please do. Um, we we would love to take that call. Good luck. We wish you good luck on the discovery discussion next week. <laughs> 
844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. We are here for you all hour. And hey, if you're in a, in a job search or you're thinking of it, or maybe you have a good tip to offer to one of our callers, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you disagree with something. We'd like to hear that too. 844-942-7866. But let's go ahead and answer our pre-break quiz. All right, Dion, what are Kit Kats made of? What's that choco layer? Wait, the choco layer? The choco layer. What's the inside of a Kit Kat bar? The choco layer between the wafers. What is oh, that? Oh, man. Okay. Because um, I was I was thinking about the wafers. No, not so that. It's, so it's between the wafers. Between the wafers. Oof. Um, is this like a nougat situation or something? It is not nougat, but that would be lovely. I like nougat. Mm. No. Dana? I just thought I was going to answer wafers. <laughs> See, I had wafers, <laughs> too. Yeah, I didn't know we were talking about the layer in between them. Isn't it just chocolate? Isn't it just, I mean, Kit Kats are my favorite, and I have them in my freezer, and I have one, like, every day. I mean, I should know this. Okay, well, no, I wouldn't know this. This is why we listen to this show, because this is the information <laughs> this you need. Is, this is why we listen to this, this show. This is the reason. Okay, BBC documentary revealed that the inside layers of the bar are actually made of ground-up Kit Kats. Yeah, the chocolate layer, the filling between the wafer of the Kit Kat is made, of course, from from cocoa and sugar, but they call it reworked Kit Kat. That's the the proprietary ingredient. But the interesting thing, this I thought was really interesting, too. The production process for Kit Kats in the UK is not identical to the one in the US because globally, Kit Kats are produced by Nestle. But in the U.S., Hershey actually produces Kit Kats. And there's a whole reason for that. But, I mean, I thought that was kind of interesting. So so it's recycled Kit Kats inside a Kit Kat. Yeah. And I the best part of the article was that at the end it said, and no, you cannot buy the, <laughs> the recycled the, well, Kit Kat. So where are they getting the recycled? I'm, I'm nervous now. Well... <laughs> In the manufacturing, you know, there's there's always like the, the extra stuff crumbs and, you know, broken pieces. And I guess the, the machine just recycles it through, you know, that's a little unnerving. No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, the other it's like re- chewed up Kit Kats in a Kit Kat. I know but they're so good and they're so yummy. So so I, wait a minute. Chewed up Kit Kats. That now that's disgusting. No, it's not. It's not regurgitated Kit Kat. It's recycled Kit Kat. There's a big difference. Is big it difference. <laughs> um, I sure as heck hope so because now I have no desire to eat a Kit Kat ever You're again. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, Dion. Well, interestingly, because you know it is Valentine's season, I I did some research on the top candy in every state for the Valentine season. And um, heart-shaped box of chocolate topped the 50 states at 19. And um, interesting, one state, most of them had, you know, M&Ms and stuff like that. One state, Alabama, had candy necklaces. They were the only one that had candy necklaces. So if you're listening and you're in Alabama, tell me. I think I know what a candy necklace is, but it's just odd that that's the top selling Valentine candy. It's Uh, like sweet tarts. Is it? I don't I think it's like the sweet tart thing. Yeah, but if somebody gives you a necklace and you open it up and it's a candy necklace, it seems weird. Uh, weird. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're like over, you know, seven. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're seven, it would be awesome. <laughs> so the second place was Conversation Heart. So if you are a Conversation Heart fan, then you know last year these sweethearts were not sold in 2019. And Dana's like sitting here going, I know. Do you like them? I don't. Do you? Does anyone? No, I don't no, think so. Because I mean, they taste like terrible. Chalk. They yeah. taste terrible. But if you are, one, well, in 14 states, though, they're the top candy. They they have come back. And the reason they went away is because, long story short, they were bought and they had to move the factory. And the factory just couldn't make them in time for last year. But here's even better. So they are coming back this year. But... When they moved the printing machines to the new factory, they they are now malfunctioning. So the new conversation hearts are coming out blank. So they're just the candy. <laughs> so what's the so just buy some again sweet tarts or chalk at this point? I know, but that was what kind of blew my mind because I'm like, I don't really like the taste of them. Like they're fun, but like without the words on them, they're pointless. They're not even good. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to slam something on radio because just because I don't like it, but no, they're they're terrible. Okay, I'll slam them. Well, there are fourteen <laughs> states that they are the top selling candy, so there are people out there who who must like the taste if they're going to buy them without the sayings. 
I don't know. I think people are really buying them for the sayings. I, I do too, but, but apparently they're selling them this year without the sayings. I think their sales are going to go down. I would agree with that. Um, but I guess we'll we'll see if you Business care. To, radio. Uh, if you care to continue <laughs> this saga on what's going to happen with Conversation Hearts, just let us know. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Doctor Dawn on Careers. We've been talking all about the parallels between um, dating and the job search, and it turns out there there are so many. Um, you know, it's complicated. It's it's moved to an online format, and that in some cases makes it even more difficult. So, you know, what are some of the things you want to do if you are either either dating or in a job search? And I think I think we have to go back to to what our guest earlier, Kevin Carr, said is about being intentional. And when being intentional to me means knowing your values putting the work into it, recognizing that it's it's going to be difficult and there aren't any easy answers. And, you know, you kind of that saying you get what you pay for. I mean, I think you get what you invest in. And I think if you're going for a job search or you're you're in the dating pool, it, they're both hard. They're both filled with rejection. They're both, um, you know, things that you have to kind of put strategy and time into. But I think when you do, you're going to have a much better outcome than if you're just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and letting things fall off. But hey, you know, we're going to talk about the career stuff because that's what, that's what we know here on Dr. Dawn on Careers Serious XM. Interestingly, though, I found uh, some additional statistics on the average American spends $121,000 on dating in their lifetime. Which is a lot of money. So if you are um, in a job search, chances are you're not spending that much money. So there's there's one positive about being in a job search versus being in the dating pool. So let us wrap up with our fun speed round. What are we doing for speed round today? Well, since February is the month of love, we are going to talk about how to spread the love with your network. So if you're thinking, what can I do to to maintain or cultivate my network? This might be a great time to do some things that will help people remember that you're out there, but also do something nice for them. So hey, reach out to someone who is in a job search and ask how you can help. Ask if there's resources you can point them to or somebody you can introduce them to. Write a LinkedIn recommendation or even easier, use the give kudos or endorse function and if you're not sure what those are, then definitely look them up because there are a lot of easy ways to pop up in someone's LinkedIn by doing a nice thing. Send a brief note or text to someone who's made a positive difference in your career. Even if it was several years ago, people love to hear that they had a positive influence on you. Make an introduction between two of your contacts who might have a mutual interest. It will not only build their network, but it will maybe help them with an opportunity in the future. Like, comment, or share content of others or help promote what they're doing, whether they're doing a podcast or they're doing a, a training. Just, it's so easy now with the internet to take a few seconds and really help people. And speaking of the internet, uh, hey, it's the one-year anniversary of my TEDx talk. Woohoo! So, if you haven't yet checked that out, it's called Your Next Job is One Conversation Away. And in my opinion, it is the easiest way to network to get more opportunities flowing your way. So check it out on my website, Dr. Don on Careers, or simply Google TEDx and Don Graham. So thank you for joining us today on Dr. Don on Careers. Every week we are here as your personal career coach. So please do give us a call at 844-942-7866 any Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Thank you again to Kevin Carr, who joined us today as our dating expert, Dion and Dana. And of course, all of our callers and listeners, we are here for you every week. And if you want more information, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. You've been listening to to Sirius XM 132 and we'll see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.